Welcome to the Waypoint What's the Point podcast. I'm Pastor Danny, one of the pastors here at Waypoint Church, and this is our now bi-weekly podcast where we discuss things going on in the life of our church. And today we are joined by Pastor Lawrence and our children's director, Megan Klingler. And uh, this week's episode is highlighting friendship, and we'll say why in a minute, but our icebreaker question is... When you think about friendship, what's the first song or the song that pops into your mind? And I say this because we talked about this yesterday at staff meeting, and Lawrence, every time you walk by Lawrence in the past 24 hours, he's saying a different song about friendship. So he probably has about 15 that he could pick from. So Megan, how about you? The first one that comes to mind for me is... I got friends in low wow. places. <laughs> Straight to Garth Brooks. I like it. I like it. Lawrence has been so excited to finally get to be a DJ, so he is he has his computer out. DJ Law is in the house. So we don't know how the mics are picking that up, but he did play it. How so, about you, Lawrence? So for me, um, when, when I came in, I came in late to the staff meeting, so I was late to the devotional time, where this actually kind of whole thing came from. And as soon as I heard we were talking about Friends, the first thing that jumped into my mind was from the Golden Girls theme song from the Golden Girls, and it's, thank you for being a friend. Thank you. And he when he sang it, I did recognize Travel it. Travel down the road and back again. <laughs> there you are. Lawrence, you just, I can imagine you as like a little Kid watching the Golden Girl <laughs> reruns on like TBS, yes. like when other kids were watching. So you're you're like sci-fi. You're into all this, you know, adventure I'm a, stuff. And I'm mad of many Girls. parts. There's okay. many uh, you know, elements of me. Yes. Dragons and Golden Girls. Dragons and Golden Lawrence Girls. Should that be another podcast? Can I just call it the Lawrence Podcast? Dragons and Golden Girls. Dragons and Golden Girls. The complexity of Pastor Lawrence Hugh. <laughs> And then for me, uh, man, a lot of songs popped in my head, and Lawrence ruined it yesterday, but I, I do remember the 80s song, Friends or Friends Forever. It was kind of a church song. And then and then Lawrence, it just popped in my head when, after Lawrence alluded to it, it, and Saved by the Bell, they have this Friends Forever. The, yes. The Zach Attack, Zach the band Attack. that never was, you know, that should have been. Yes. Friends One of the best Forever. bands ever. Yeah. Casey Casey meant to do the expose on them. Yeah, so... For those of you out there who are millennials, you can you can Google it and check it out. <laughs> the Zach Attack, Friends Forever. Um, but on a more serious note, uh, we this is yeah we're real excited to have this podcast. And we were in staff meeting yesterday, and Megan was in charge of the devotional. And it, the cool thing is, is this happened about three months ago. She was in charge of the devotion for our staff meeting, and she started talking about a passage in Acts that meant a lot to her. And we made a podcast out of it. And yesterday, you came to the staff meeting and you said it. You said that now, First Samuel twenty three sixteen is is mm-hmm. one of your favorite verses. It's it's a verse that meant a lot to you. Yes. And uh, then you told us why. So why don't you share a little bit with uh, with us on this podcast how why you chose that verse, how you found it, and wh- what it, why it meant so much to you that you wanted to do a devotion on it. Yeah, I um, so I found the verse through reading the Bible reading plan. So go Bible reading plan. <laughs> That's right. First Samuel was kind of a, a little while ago in our Bible reading plan. So this verse, when I read it, just um, stuck with me and has been swirling around in my head ever since then. I think because um, over the past, I don't know, since college, really, since college graduation, so the past like seven years, God has been teaching me a lot about friendship and. Um, I think this verse kind of really succinctly 
describes what I feel um, is friendship. Um, so, Would you read it to us? Yes, just just that. Just one verse. verse sixteen. Yes, first. First Samuel twenty three sixteen says, And Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horish and helped him find strength in God. So tell us a little more about the passage itself and your Yeah. And so I can tell you what stood out to me about it. There's yeah. two things in such a short verse that maybe is easily overlooked. Um, but what stuck out to me as a whole was intentionality. Um, I think we see different kinds of intentionality here. First being Jonathan went to David. So there's a physical intentionality in Jonathan going to David. And David is being hunted by Jonathan's dad, Saul, at to this kill point. Him. He to wants kill to kill him. him. Yes. So you can imagine David's distress. Um, but next we see that Jonathan helped him find strength in God. So there's an emotional and spiritual intentionality there as well um, that I think is unique spiritual intentionality obviously unique to believers um that is really beautiful and sweet so jonathan goes against cultural norms and doesn't doesn't go with the sin of his dad right trusts god and warns david and helps david flee and jonathan would have been king you know he he could have it'd be better for his family line if david was eliminated but jonathan knew yeah fear god and not his, his dad's sin and his dad's brokenness. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about the cultural norms until that was brought up in staff meeting, um, that this, this would have been a big deal. Um, but Jonathan and David's relationship, we see in Scripture how it was really um, special and a, a strong friendship. Yeah, and I think for some people today, uh, and this is kind of why we thought this would be a good podcast for Waypoint Church, is maybe there was a point in your life when you had some strong friendships um, and some strong Christian friendships, maybe because you lived with a bunch of people in college or you lived near a bunch of people right after college. And then as as life goes on and things happen and you job, job transfers and different situations, sometimes a lot of people are just feeling like, I don't have quality friendships. And maybe they read this story about Jonathan and David and, and would get discouraged. Like, oh man, that's what I long for. So uh, actually, Erica, our women's care director, thought it came out of the... Uh, the devotion yesterday and, and helped us come up with some questions. So I'm going to ask you some of the questions that she wrote, and we're going to just process them together. So the first one is, what does the Bible say about the role of friendships in our lives? How important is it to pursue friendships? Lawrence, I'm going to start with you on that one. Yeah, I love this topic. I think one of the beautiful things about this topic is friendship in this day and age is kind of taking different forms, right? We have friends on Facebook now, right? So somebody could have a thousand friends on Facebook, but have zero meaningful relationships. So I think this is a topic that I think is so powerful and very important for us to talk about. There's a recent study that said... um, that uh, the close, intimate friendships actually lead to increased longevity, boosted immune system, boosted physical and emotional health. And as a matter of fact, there's another recent study that came out in um, 2010 that in terms of mortality, loneliness is one of the biggest killers. Yeah. There was that Harvard study where they're studying the same people who went to Harvard. or They started studying, I don't think if they all went to Harvard, they started studying the same people in like 1930. Yes, yes. They studied them every year for their whole lives. So now they're older and dying and... One of the things I remember in that was was quality friendships meant mm-hmm. better mental health and better physical health, even more than wealth. So that's yeah, definitely interesting that we need friendships more than ever. We have more access. We have cars and 
phones and, and neighborhoods. We, I mean, we live in a, we should be connected to people because right. we have every, and we have good health. Like we have good health care. We can live longer. We can maintain these relationships. We have more wealth, more leisure time than any, any group that's ever lived. But why are, why are friendships hard? Right. So going back to the, the ideas, is there anything in the Bible that you see that kind of leads to us that we, sh- that for us to know that we should have good friendships? Well, I think one of the great places you see in John 15, Jesus talks about no greater love has no one more than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. Yeah. And the usage of the idea of friendship and language throughout the Bible, even from the very beginning, um, it wasn't good for Adam to be alone, you know, yeah. that he needed somebody. So this kind of idea of loneliness and the op- opposite of loneliness is what we're made for. We're not made to be alone. We're made to be in community, be in relationship, friendship with God, but also that friendship with others. You see this kind of both vertical and horizontal language all throughout the Bible mm-hmm. as being so vitally important. I think one of the mistakes that we make in our Western culture, and especially in the Western Christianity, is that we only focus on the vertical, right? We just think my own personal relationship with Jesus, all that's really important, that's all I need. Did I say a sinner's prayer? And we forget that God calls us not just a vertical friendship, but also a horizontal friendship, you know, to, to be The gospel walking. community. Exactly. People, yeah. And so I think that's part of it. I think if you look at the book of Proverbs, you see over and over again, like kind of almost a manual on how to be a good friend mm-hmm. and what kind of friends you're looking for, right? And so that's wisdom. Wisdom entails good friendships. So I think there's a lot of biblical um, truths that, that show that we need are created for friendship. And in those, in those, yeah, in the horizontal friendships, that's where, because of our vertical friendship, we get to see God through our friends. So, um, you know, friends are just, it's just, they're fun. It's important. Mm -hmm. Like, it enriches your life. But between believers, we encourage each other. There's mutual discipleship that happens in friendship. We get to see God more clearly by serving and being served by our friends. Yeah, so we've established it's biblical to pursue friendships. If you look at the the, the Jewish community, they they were family based and community based, and friendships definitely existed. And then as we move into the New Testament period, obviously the churches were bringing people together from lots of different cultural backgrounds, and becoming friends with each other was was vital. I love the chosen. I know I bring this up a lot, but <laughs> just every podcast, every podcast, <laughs> everything, because it's it's this vivid image of Jesus just calling a bunch of random people. Like Matthew wouldn't have been liked by Peter, and the the chosen does it well. Mary Magdalene hanging out with them, you know, a former demon possessed scandalous woman he's part you know part of the group that jesus is bringing in all these people and i love how it portrays that they would be friends because they're willing to die together and they're willing to go against every religious and cultural norm that they experience for the cause of christ so obviously the bond that jesus builds in them is beautiful so as we think about why it's important to pursue friendships, uh, the first question is, what would you say to someone who has a lot of acquaintances but has a hard time forming friendships or forming close friendships? And this could be just because of circumstances. It may not be because of your personality. It may just be you used to have a lot of good friends, got you transferred here from somewhere else, and it's been hard. <clears throat> I would say you're normal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I would just say that's very normal. Um, a study done by AARP said that at the age of 45 uh, – People over 45 out of that number, over 50 million of them would say that they don't have any good close friends. Wow. wow. You know, and this is just a crazy study that I just read recently. I'm just kind of like, wow. 
You know, that it's just difficult. I think it becomes, I think I would say you're normal. You know, if you have a lot of acquaintances, but you don't feel like you have very many close friends, it's okay. It's, you're normal, but we can work on pursuing those close, intimate friendships. And but that's part, of, I think part of the problem is you're right. I think in our day and age, we have so much that should make it easier to be friends, but we also have this so much easier, it's easier to become acquaintances. Yeah. You know, it's easier to buy into, I have so many friends, but no, it's really, you have a lot of acquaintances. And I think Facebook and uh, the phone and text message makes it feel that way. And then there's a lack of um, difficulty when it comes to truly long, intimate friendships. That's just harder to do. Because a good, intimate friendship takes vulnerability. Mm-hmm. It takes sacrificial love. It takes time. Yeah. It takes years to develop. It takes patience. And it takes all these elements. So it's so much easier now to be like, well, no, I don't need to put all that work into it. I can just have a lot of shallow acquaintances. Mm-hmm. You know? And I also think one of the biggest barriers, honestly, is uh, almost uh, understanding that those are a need, not a luxury. Mm -hmm. I think many times, especially when people are busy, oh my goodness, when you have three little kids running around and you're working full time and life is going crazy, you uh, you think friendships is a luxury. Like, if I have time for it, I'll have friends. But we don't look at it as something that's essential. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I think it is totally essential. Um, However, and this isn't necessarily the most fun thing to say, but it's not a requirement. Like, it's not a promise. Friendship is not a promise with other Mm -hmm. people, just like marriage is not a promise. Children are not a promise. God is enough, Mm -hmm. period. However, friendships are great, and Mm -hmm. um, they help us see God. So I would say if you're longing for friendship, to pray for it. Um, ask God for that and also intentionally seek out friendship. Like other people are insecure too. You can ask someone just to hang out. And then like Lawrence said, vulnerability begets vulnerability. So I think you really do have to, you have to make an effort. Yeah. I, I Thanks for sharing that, Megan. And I, 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 w- I do campus ministry and I always tell freshmen, it's better to have no friends than bad friends. Because mm. in the dorms, <laughs> you can find lots of people doing bad things their yeah. freshman year. But And I just would tell them, wait on God. And my particular testimony is I went to Auburn out of state. I didn't really know anybody. I, didn't, I ended up in the dorm with the wildest kids who also didn't know anybody. And I made a few acquaintances. And I just waited on God, and I went to some campus ministries, and it really was about a month, maybe maybe two months. And I just I remember praying, God, please give me friends. Just help me find some other brothers, particularly Christian brothers that I could connect with. And I just prayed hard. And that day, I went to Wendy's to eat because they had the all you could eat thing. So a lot of the college guys <laughs> at all they had the kind of small all you can eat like taco salad bar type thing at Wendy's yeah it was weird and uh (laughs) all the guys wouldn't eat lunch and we'd all go there about four you know so you kind of get lunch and dinner together for like six bucks but I met some other guys that became my good friends and they had similar interests as me they were Christians I saw them praying that's how I, I was in Wendy's by myself you know and I saw them praying so God doesn't always work like that but for me it, it was God's grace to show me, like, it's okay to wait. It's okay, like, not force it. At the same time, if you are in Christian community, you should be able to begin to connect with people as as you move forward. But I, I think of three words, proximity, consistency, and vulnerability. We've already mentioned vulnerability. You kind of got to be near people. If you're isolated, it's going to be hard. And there needs to be some consistency 
to build a friendship. And I think when people are transplants, this becomes hard. So we have to ask God how to how can He work even if the circumstances don't always align with this. And I think it's hard for people to take initial steps. Yeah, it's awkward. It's like asking a girl on a date. You know, it's it's like hi. Uh, you know, you don't know yeah. what to say. Social awkwardness is one like for some reason we've created it where being socially awkward or putting yourself out there is one of the most embarrassing yourself is one of the worst things that could ever happen to you. Yeah. I don't know how that's happened, but that's how it's happened. And if we can see it's so much better for you to put yourself out there than it is, what's the worst that could happen to you, especially in good Christian community, to say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, you want to go play some ball, you want to grab a lunch, you want to grab a coffee. You know, I, I noticed that we're studying the same thing or we're, you know, we work near each other or whatever it may be. It's, it seems awkward. It almost seems like, are you, that's going to be on a date? What's going on here? Yeah. It sounds weird, but yeah, there's, there's, there's an awkwardness to it. But that's the beauty. Of, the beauty of friendship is that can we get past our awkwardness to see something that's worth so much more? Mm-hmm. So we've established that in our culture, you will have a lot of acquaintances and we can kind of ask God to, to trust God and to put ourselves in situations where we're going to be around other people that that we can connect with, small groups, other other things that the, the, the church and other Christian organizations provide. Um, moving on, how do you manage the tension between forming close friendships without being exclusive or leaving each other out? And when Waypoint was really small, everybody lived in probably three apartment complexes, like 70% of the people lived in three apartment <laughs> complexes, and no one was excluded by default. But now you might feel, oh, if I go and do this thing, am I leaving this person out? So any, any thoughts on that? Or how do, we, how do we navigate, especially as you get older and you're not in college anymore and you're not, I don't, like things aren't as well defined. Yeah. That's, that's a tough question because I think in, in any way, anybody can feel neglected or anybody can feel left out at any mm-hmm. point, especially when you're seeking close, intimate friendships. And sometimes it's like, well, why didn't we hang out as a group? Or why do we have four or five of us together? But you're like, sometimes we need intimacy and intimate relationships. And so like, well, why didn't you ask me for a walk? Or why didn't we do this together? So there's a lot of kind of self, I don't even know what the word for it would be, this idea of like, just kind of like fears, uh, uh, um, whatever could come into play in this regard. So yeah, it's, it's a difficult concept. But I think if we created a community of people who are willing to love and forgive and to share hurts together, um, even then somebody who feels left out can then say, you know, I feel left out, but I know that wasn't meant to be. Or if, if there's an intentionality in our community that says, hey, we're seeking intentional and deep community, and it's a known thing, mm-hmm. then we can be like, well, okay, I know I, it feels exclusive, but it's not meant to be exclusive. It's more meant to say, how can I foster and nurture deep relationships as well? But I, I also think at the same time, going back to what Megan shared, is can we first and foremost see that our our truest needs of friendship are met first in God? Mm-hmm. And then we have confidence in that first, you know? And then see every other intimate blessing and relationship that he's given us as a blessing, you know? Not as a requirement, but as a mm-hmm. blessing and a right. gift he's given us. Yeah. Yeah, this is a tough question. I think I have like an established group of friends, so I don't think I always do this well, but... Um, seeking opportunities to invite other people in, I don't know, maybe just asking God for self-awareness to know 
when to invite others in. I do also think sometimes you need to just spend like one on, I'm an introvert, so I really do better one-on-one. Sometimes I need Mm -hmm. to just spend some time with my best friend. Sometimes I want to spend some time with my larger group of friends. So um, I think for myself, it's helpful to, I don't know, maybe just ask God to make me self-aware when I can bring others into it. But also I would say, I don't, don't feel, I would encourage you and hope that you wouldn't feel like, like, don't take it personally. Um, and like break into embrace the awkwardness of like inviting yourself along for something with someone else. Cause they're probably not intentionally leaving you out. Yeah. Thanks for saying that Megan. And so for all of you listening, we, as waypoint, like, the staff and the leadership, we are stru- We are praying as we grow, we never want anyone to feel left out. We, I mean, this is on our radar. We are pouring over it, asking God for wisdom, trying to create spaces. Before COVID, we had a huge plan for men's women's tr- ministry, for women's ministry, for even starting some college things and some other spaces for different groups of people to, to connect and meet each other and, and social events and sport type events and and then COVID hit. So it's on our radar. We really care about it. And we are asking God for wisdom on how to move forward and, and just trust him in this. You know, as followers of Jesus, one of the biggest things that we should be aware of and empathetic with other people are, is we should know what it feels like to not be friends. Not be friends with God, but so we want others to have that friendship with God. But also as we should know what it feels like to, to not have intimate friendships, then we should help others who could we can relate to, we can be empathetic for. Um, so like what you were saying, Megan, is we should be on the lookout. We should be passionately pursuing other people to invite into friendship and connecting other people into friendship because we care for the whole person, because we love them. We also know what it's like to not be. All right, the next one is, I pro- I can definitely speak into this one, but I want to hear you guys' thoughts uh, we have, you know, some different age ranges in the room, but is it okay to let friendships fade? Because mm. people struggle with this. As you move, let's say you move cross country and your best friend, the person who was in your wedding or whatever, you know, the person who was your high school buddy or whatever, and then over time, you still care about that person. If you were near them in proximity, you'd hang out, but you're not. And is it is it okay? So just, there's, there's no biblical answer to this to start you guys off at home. You're not going to get... Like Lawrence isn't going to pull out some passage. John 40 doesn't say something about this. (laughs) But yeah, what are your thoughts on that? So growing up, I'm from a really rural, sleepy town in North Carolina. And my first two best friends were both transplants to the area and left. So um, I was friends with them for like a couple years before they moved away. And my friendships kind of changed in throughout elementary school and middle school and high school. So I think I don't grip too firmly to friendship. Um, So I totally think it's okay for friendships to fade. I think God brings people into our lives sometimes for a season, and that's that's fine. Um, But then sometimes you should hold on to them. Um, My old roommates and I are all on a Marco Polo together which is an app i highly recommend it um but one of them lives in southeast asia one of them lives in dubai um and the rest of us are in north carolina and it has just really helped us keep our friendship alive and be able to continue to encourage each other 
across, you know, like 12 hour time zones. So there's seasons for everything, but to maintain when you move away, it definitely takes intentionality. Mm. I think in Ecclesiastes, we talk about there's a season for everything, right? There's a season, Mm -hmm. there's a, the song by the birds called mm-hmm. There's a Seat, Turn, Turn, Turn. But Barnes is really into music today. So. <laughs> the, I think the reality is it's true. What Megan said, friendships can sometimes come in and out of your life based on the season, based on circumstances. Like you were talking about the three things, proximity, consistency, consistency and yeah. what was the other Vulnerability. One? Vulnerability. Well, if, if those three things are key elements of having deep friendships, then it's hard when people aren't around you, they're, where you can't meet consistently. You can't; they're not close to you, and you can't really be vulnerable if you haven't seen somebody in forever. They don't know what's going on in your life. So, yes, I think friendships, and it's okay, absolutely okay. There's no judgment on that, but I also think God's blessed you and can bless you with friendships that can last forever. You know, um, I've been blessed. I've had the same group of six or seven best guy friends that we've had since the third grade almost. Mainly, most of the seventh grade, but for literally, we were all groomsmen at each other's weddings, and we all try to get together once a year, and we'd all play fantasy football together. So we do a guy's trip every once a year, but I, I get to call them on the phone, and we've blessed us as a friendship that's lasting a lifetime for us. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, too. And there's no right or wrong answer, as long as I think God, as we know that God knits hearts together, but it could be for seasons, and it could be for times. And my answer to this is I've actually lived in multiple different states, even overseas for long periods of time. So I tend to just, when we're overseas, I'm like, hey, bud, you're going to be my best friend. You know, this guy was my roommate. We were international students. I was like, whether we like it or not, we're going to be, let's just become good friends. So I we just made a commitment to each other uh, from day one to just be vulnerable because we're like, if we don't, we're going to be miserable. And God, God bless that. But at the same time, there were other times when you know we moved on, and I I'm still connected to those people. Maybe I'll see their kids doing well on Facebook mm-hmm. or whatever. Facebook throws a wrench kind of into all this because we can feel a little connected to somebody, but we're not fully. And you know, Instagram and these other these other platforms. But my advice is, don't not pursue friendships out of fear that the person's gonna leave you. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Because when I was in, when we were in Boston, which is a heavy transplant area, just like the Triangle is, I had a few people who were so, they had, they made good friends and then they lost them and they were just so afraid of trying it again. And I, I think as the body of Christ, you know, look at Priscilla and Aquila and Paul's friendship with them, they get removed from Rome they end up in two different other cities. Paul becomes, it, it, God moved them on purpose to strengthen them. And what if they would have been like, well, we're going back to Rome anyway, so we're not really going to try to invest here locally. Or who knows, you know, how God's working. Mm. So I, I just, I know it's part of its personality. Part of it is just, you don't want to get hurt. But can we trust God in friendships? And even if you got hurt in the past, can you trust God in the present reality that, that he loves you and he, he loves the other person and, and you're bringing two broken people together. So That's of good. course there's going to be tension. Mm-hmm. You know, the famous iron sharpens iron passage. I heard one guy say like, we always talk about that in the positive, but actually if you look at the Proverbs around it, it's more in the negative. It's kind of like, it's, it's not sharpening each other for the good. It's like they're bringing out the worst in each other. The tension is, is it's, it, it may not be like sharpening in a good way. Maybe the tension and the, the the problems are what's sharpening the relationship, sharpening it, not just the good stuff. Mm. So 
so that's that's my advice no, that's for that's thinking really about advice. that and you know i've yeah I, I still don't do it perfectly but i'm after many many years i'm trying to mm-hmm. to just trust god in friendships that's good next question how is it possible to invest in friendships in the midst of our busy lives mm. i think that's probably the most common excuse right yeah. um i'm busy and that's kind of like the thing, especially when, like, when somebody says, hey, let's hang out, let's hang out. You can say, oh, I'm just too busy. I'm just too busy. Well, I think we should nix that language, especially even if it's true. Instead of saying I'm too busy, because that gives off a connotation of like, I cannot make time for you. And that way, if you make time for anything else, you're like, well, that, that anything else is more valuable than you. So then you don't want to post on Facebook that you just did something. Or then you binge watched a Netflix show yeah, or something. You're like, Man, they could have been hanging out with me instead right. of watching Stranger Things all night. Right, whatever. right. Yeah, yeah. Nixing that language, but instead of saying, like, if you are really too busy, hey, this season right now, you know, I just got I got a big job coming up. I got a big this come up. But tell you what, as soon as the season's over, end of November, man, I would love to get that cup of coffee with you. Using language like that, I think, would just beneficial tricks or help. But I really think examining your busyness. You know, if you really are too busy, examine it. You know, like, what is it that's so busy that you just literally cannot take any time to see a friend? You know, and I always use my wife. I use my wife as many examples. Way too often she hates me for it. But <laughs> my wife is a very busy woman. You know, she works full time. We have two young kids. Um, one of them is on the spectrum. And um, she, she's, she's also a very neat person that wants to keep an orderly house. And she's a perfectionist, also plays. She's just a very busy woman, right? Well, I love that she she's intentional about keeping up with women. Whether it's like, hey, let's just, I can, we can do a walk. Or can we do a cup of coffee? Or while I'm doing this with my kids, you want to come hang out with me? You know, she squeezes and makes time in. It's not easy, but it's, it's, it's important. And she's also an introvert like Megan. So it's, it's really, she does, has to put the extra effort into it because she, she sees the worth of and importance of friendships in her life. Inside, so I would examine our busyness, one. And then I would also see how little things can build relationships quickly. Little personal gestures, like being quickly vulnerable or even being like um, noticing friendships in such a um, small ways, uh, like, a, like a Marco Polo, even. Mm-hmm. That helps nurture a relationship. It's a little thing, but it helps nurture such a sweet relationship. You know, if one of your friends on a Marco Polo makes a video about, hey, this is what I'm really struggling with today, guys. Can you help me? Can you pray for me? That nurtures a, a lasting friendship really mm-hmm. well, doesn't for it? sure, yeah. yeah. So that's that's some of the advice I would give. Any thoughts, Megan? Yeah, I so as a single person, I maybe have a little more time than someone who is married or someone with kids in their house. So what I love to do is join people for their everyday activities. I've talked to several other single people who also love to just join a mom friend to be with them while they're doing lunch with their kids, going grocery shopping. I'll even, sometimes my best friend and I will go grocery shopping together. Um, One of my favorite times hanging out with Gina, actually, this was pre-us living all in the same house, um, was running errands with her. Like we went to Guitar Center. I think we went to Target. We were just, and then we we ate lunch. Um, So it's just like the everyday, because that's what friends see, the everyday. It doesn't have to be something special. Um, to enjoy that's awesome yeah and when you look back to your everybody's glory years high school college the apartment that you all lived in together the you know normally it's living life together it's this Mm -hmm. consistency that built the friendship 
actually when I was a youth pastor, I was like, until the youth grow go on like a four or five hour trip, they don't bond. That's right. Like mm -hmm. I've never been in any group where unless you went on a long road trip where they bonded. Like there has to be some thing where you're forced to be together for a long period of time, just doing the regular stuff. So I I like that, Megan. So. So I, the challenge is then for those who are, think they're too busy, how do you just incorporate, just say, okay, let's just do this thing together. Or let's just, it, like it, if every Saturday there's projects to do around the house, it seems like for most people who own a house, even if you rent. So invite someone over. I got to know about three waypointers because I was... I needed a lot of work on my house before we sold it. And I'd be, I mean, I really just being around that other, I needed that other person's help because I, I couldn't do it on my own. But being around those brothers really helped me build a relationship with them. So, I mean, I think you'd be surprised. I think people would be surprised that people are willing, what they're willing to do to be with you and spend mm -hmm. time with you and be friends with you. Yeah. So, for example, I bet you there's a bunch of young men out there who would love to learn from you, Danny, how to, Put, fix stuff in the house and they're willing to come work with you because they love to learn that but also to spend time with you yeah you know um hudson has picked up a love for fishing you know he's out of nowhere he just loves fishing it's so, awesome yeah, it's so <laughs> cool to see this little guy hey pastor danny i'm fishing it's <laughs> like he loves fishing it's, and he's the only kid i know that'll literally have his rod in the water and wait there patiently for like hours until he gets you the fish. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I, 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 what we've done already and we'll continue to do is I want to go fishing with other guys in the church, other women mm -hmm. in the church. You know, we're like, let's all get together, a bunch of people. Like, you know, me me and Gina got a couple families together. We went fishing together. Yeah. You know? And so like Hudson loves it. I'm going to do it with my son because he loves to do it. But like, other people can come do it with us. You know? So that's part of that intentionality is mm -hmm. If, and with the realm, use the realm, guys. If you don't know how to use it, email eric at waypointrdu.com and he will show you how to use it. But use the realm to connect with other people. So if you're going to go hiking at a park, invite people. And then this is my final piece of advice on this is if you can't do it, say the statement, I can't do it this time. And I know I've told you three times in a row I can't do it, but keep inviting me because when you're busy, Sometimes you really can't do it three times in a row. I mean, we tried to make an appointment with, with a Waypoint family just to get our two families together. And I mean, the appointment was like five months ahead because we were like, well, this Saturday I got that, this Saturday I got that, you know, but that's okay. So be intentional and just, and but let people know that you still want to do it even if you have to say no. All right, so I'm going to think about moving it into a little, little more deeper spiritual questions. Um, how important is it to have friends in different life stages or friends with different backgrounds or friends with different races? Like thinking through that, um, you know, Waypoint is set up to where we're trying to do that anyway with our small groups. Our small groups are not affinity groups. They're not based on like life stage or something in common. They're all supposed to just be, you just join the group and whoever's in the group, age, race, ethnicity, background, you're in the group with them. But any, any thoughts on this? I think the first thing that comes to mind is there's probably going to be some awkward conversations. Yeah. There's going to be some hard conversations, but those conversations work best in relationship with yes. somebody. So, and it like it humanizes somebody who has had a different experience when you hear their experience, you know, someone you love and care for. So I think, relationships with people outside of what you know as normal is 
really healthy um, in expanding our worldview and and holding each other accountable. Um, yeah. I'm so a fan of this idea. Like, I feel like so much of Waypoint Church is built on this idea of making friends who are different from you. Um, because, one, that's what the kingdom looks like. You know, the kingdom looks like a bunch of people from every different tribe, tongue, and nation. And we want to be a picture of the kingdom on earth, you know, so that people get, can be attracted to that, see that coming preview of the kingdom. So I think it takes friendship to do that. But I also love what Megan was saying. It expands your horizons. It opens your eyes. It humanizes situations and people and backgrounds. Um, in other words, it just makes you a better disciple of Jesus. You know, it grows you as a person and as a follower of Jesus. When you have people of different backgrounds and intimate friendships and close to you, it's so easy to have a narrow worldview. It's so, so easy. And it's so easy to hear and read only people who think like you or talk like you. It's so easy to only be stay in your worldview. It takes effort and it takes work to expand your worldview. And I think one of the key elements of expanding your worldview is having friends who are different from you. And I think that's just so important for us as a church. And yes, there's going to be difficulties with that. There's going to be mistakes you make, insensitive comments you make. There's going to be awkward conversations. There's going to be awkward situations. Uh, and But if we do that in relationship, you know, we have a unifying element of who Jesus is in their lives and this beautiful co- commitment to each other and friendship, then it's, it's a learning lesson rather than a time of hatred or hurt. It's a learning opportunity. And an opportunity to show each other forgiveness. Mm -hmm. I think if you like mess up and in friendships, you're going to mess up at some point. Um, so if you don't, you're not being vulnerable. Yeah. You're, you're, you're being, you're you're a facade of your real self. Yeah. You either have to be the one to apologize or have to tell your friend like, Hey, that hurt my feelings Mm -hmm. or, um, and, and offer and receive forgiveness. And, and when we enter into these spaces, I'm going to use, you know, Matthew and Peter again as the example. When, when Jesus brought and Simon the Zealot, when Jesus brought that ragtag group together, I know just from looking at Jewish tradition of the time that they would not have liked each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, they would, have, they would have definitely had different ideas and opinions. And by the end, they're all willing to die for the cause of Christ. And God, they were unified in this person, this Messiah. And I think... When you first enter into a small group and there's someone who has a different political view than you, someone who has a different upbringing than you, someone who has a different like view on life than you, it is going to be hard. You might want to leave. Like After one week, you're like, I'm done with this. I do not want to be a part of this. I'm out of here. And my challenge and is if God's patient with us, if we looked in in Romans you know, 1 through 3, just the patience of God, his forbearance, if forbearance is, is one of the fruit of the Spirit, you know, patience, and or it's also translated forbearance. If that's a fruit of the Spirit, can we trust God that God put us together with these people? Now, if they continue in sin or something, I'm not saying stay right. in an abusive sure. small group or an abusive relationship, but if it's just their personality and your personality or their upbringing or how they were raised to see the Bible and how you were, can we trust God for the long haul and, and help each other grow? Mm-hmm. And everybody's on a journey. Everybody's working on different things. And maybe you've achieved, you're, you're doing great at like racial stuff, but you're kind of struggling in, in pride or something. Maybe they're doing great in pride, but they, they don't even acknowledge that some of the stuff they say could be offensive. So, so if we're all on this journey, how do we work together to build and to build each other up? So that's where this consistency and trusting God have to really come into play 
So if you do choose to be in friendships with people who are different than you, have different opinions, it's going to be hard, especially at the beginning. But it's amazing when God redeems it. And you look back and you see both of you have grown in Christ-likeness through it. And we have somebody in our church, and I don't think she would mind me saying, but I'm just going to keep it as somebody in our church, who admitted to a small group that she grew up in a in a home that was racist and experiences that led her to be a very racist person. And this person, through the grace of God and through being in small groups and being in, in, in a community of people that are different races, has seen and shown her light upon her sin. And she's actually walking through recovery, walking through steps of breaking free of that bondage. And it's a beautiful story of God's redemptive work and taking the worst of all sinners, all of us, each of us, we're all sinners. And he can do miraculous work through us, you know? And I think that's a grace, that's a mercy that he gives us through each other, is that we can open each other's eyes because I need I need you to shine a light on my sin. If nobody shines a light on my sin, I can't deal with it, you know? And I, we need each other to shine a light on our own sin. Yeah. Well, thank you guys very much. There's another topic about friendship that we're not going to breach this morning just because it's 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 so big and we have to really just think through it. But we want, I want to whet your appetite for it because it is going to be something that's on our radar at, way, radar at Waypoint is friendships and evangelism and discipleship. Like how do we navigate those? Like how do we think about those? And uh, we've given you so much today to, to, to process and as we've been processing this. So that's that's coming. We're going to continue to talk about that. But just after this podcast, go go back and, and ask God, what's one or two friendships that you need to go foster? What's something or you need to mend? Or what's how can you be more patient in the group that you're in where you're really frustrated with certain people? How can you trust God to continue in friendships that you have or build new friendships? So that's, that's all we got for this week. And uh, we love you guys. Waypoint Church, thank you for being such wonderful friends yeah. um, to me and to our families and to each other. We love you so much. Yeah. We don't normally pray in the podcast, but I'm going to pray because I feel like I can't leave this without praying. So guys, let's just trust God. God, we ask you to go before us this week as we just process what would it mean for us What are the areas on friendships we need to trust you with more and work on more, God? And we just give this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's Pastor Lawrence. That's DJ Lawrence. All right. I hope we don't get copyright violations and get shut down. All right. Have a great week.